So, what's something you did for money, but you weren't happy about? <laughs> um, <laughs> Hard mode, you can't say oh, go to work. I sold meat off a truck. You were yeah. the, you're the meat, uh, uh, you're meat neighborhood guy? Neighborhood meat man. The meat I did man. that for two days. Was it on nah. this episode or this podcast we were talking about the meat man? You know what's weird is I should have thought that thought of that. We've 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 touched on that. The meat like man? The, the tape neighborhood meat man. But I feel like mm. I did not bring that up or I was maybe it was an episode I wasn't in and I just listened to it. But uh yeah. I sold steaks from some company off of a pickup truck. We drove through people's neighborhoods and knocked knocked cold knocking on doors unnecessary weird the white guy that was uh my partner always wanted to go to the whitest neighborhoods where as soon as he knocked on the door and the door opened up their eyes would go directly to me to you yeah i was like i ain't even talk Mm -hmm. yet man and uh (laughs) one one day like so to take the meat out you had to i can't remember the the there was an upfront fee or you could pay on the back end so you had to sell a certain amount of meat to give them their profit and then you got whatever over the profit uh, mm. was left and one time we were under so i had to give them ten dollars which i had to go get from one of my roommates i gave them the ten dollars i was like i'm not coming back here <laughs> and uh mm. they were like hey you made good money i was like you did and i left <laughs> jamel now you said i can't say work Let's go to your regular job <laughs> but i'll say i was gonna say working a uh, a holiday for somebody but most of those were actually pretty dope but yeah, I think there was like one long weekend, um, you know, used to take a hundred, two hundred dollars off somebody in the barracks to do their duty. And, uh, one of those <laughs> nights got pretty, uh, pretty wild. So could have done without that. Okay. Well, how about this? You ever traded stocks? I tried to, I tried to use one of those apps that came out, uh, what like acorns or something or Robin hood or yeah, oh, one of those. Yeah, and it just didn't seem to work for me. And then I just uh, said, screw it. You guys just reminded me that I have an app on my phone where I have like $50 of stock and I have not opened it in like three months. <laughs> hmm. So my last job, my work mom, she, I wouldn't say she traded stocks, but she was in the stocks and she had a stock guy. So like that's where her savings was, was in the stock market. And she started teaching me about it because... You know, the bank gives you 0.003%. And she was like, you know, this is the best way to grow your money. You got a family now, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, you know, I was just listening to her at first. And then, like, I don't know, she actually tried it out and I started getting into it. I remember I was thinking I was trying to uh, teach some of the secret (laughs) brown kids what she was teaching me. Uh, And then shortly after that is when, like, Robin Hood really blow, blew up. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. after that, the meme stocks came. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of all fizzled out because of the meme stocks, but also because, like, I just couldn't afford... I didn't have disposable income to, mm-hmm. yeah. to play around with it some more. That's and, neat. like, the money I was saving... It just I couldn't save it. Like, so I still got stuff in the stock market and it's all on dividend stocks. So I don't really got to think about it, but it's not like, you know, I'm not about to be rich off of that. And I'm gonna get back into it once I get some more money going. But like, I did kind of learn the basics and, and all of that. So like certain things they're talking about in this movie, I was like, oh, now, now I get it. But also like, I, right. I wouldn't <laughs> fuck around with a lot of it. Right. Which leads me to my next question, which would have been if y'all had any like personal rules when you mess with stocks. Um, oh, I just got into this app by Activision. 
That's the um. <laughs> oh my god. Uh oh. Yeah, actual personal <laughs> rules about buying stocks. Um, shoot. I think when I started messing with the app, the first thing I wanted to do was not just buy something expensive and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't want to like hunt around for dumb things, uh, trying to find the next big thing. So I have like CSX. Mm-hmm. Things weren't doing good at CSX. But I knew that eventually that the economy was going to change around on that when the government said, please don't close down the railroad. Yeah. So I have that. And the same, actually, the same thing as Activision. It was like, oh, everybody's going to hate when Overwatch 2 comes out. They're going to hate on it. It's going to go down. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to come back up because it's going to be consistent enough to stay there. Yeah. And they got maybe other I, things going too. Yeah. Maybe I yeah. should have got some of that Fallout 4 <laughs> stock. Yeah. My thing was the, 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 the rules I set for myself, or at least ethics wise, was mm. I wasn't going to touch oil, I wasn't going to touch residential real estate. Because oil, you know, climate change, that's something I care about. So I was like, I I can't profit off of this. And residential real estate, I knew that I'd be funding gentrification. Yes. (laughs) Those are fair. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like, that's as far as I thought. And then now I'm actually seeing like that shit happen. Like I'll be hearing about all these different housing crises and how like New York banned Airbnb and whatever. And a lot of those companies, first of all, it's companies buying up the real estate, the houses, and then they're either doing Airbnbs or they're just hiking the rent up. But they're able to buy so many houses because they have, now I'm starting to forget the technical terms and shit, but basically the companies are on the stock market as, uh, I know someone might correct me, is it REITs or something like something like that, right? Hmm. And basically like you can invest into it and the the allure of it is they have high dividends and they give like monthly returns so you make a lot of money back fast so that's how they get you in and then they legally have to give you give a certain amount of their profits back so that's how they're able to do the high dividends but because all of that they have all these funds coming in they keep buying up houses but then they hike the rent up so that they can make their profits and then give out their profits to the, uh, the dividends and all that stuff too so it's just the machine, and that's why you see so many houses getting bought up. That's why I see those houses that's like, or those signs in, in your neighborhoods that's like, you know, we buy old houses and shit like we, that. We buy ugly houses. Yeah, on. yeah. Like, all of that are is just companies. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's fueling gentrification and all that shit. And I was like, hmm. So the only real estate I had was like some industrial stuff. Like, they only did industrial shit off to the side, and like, they rent out space to like warehouses and shit. I was like, all right, cool. Like that doesn't seem like it's evil. <laughs> it might yeah. be, but I don't it's not obviously evil. Hey, never got rich on the uh stock exchange being ethical, man. That's... See, that's the other thing. I knew going in I was never gonna <laughs> I was never gonna be rich because I I I couldn't do the shit that the rich folks do. I like like that. Like I I I'm not gonna invest in the, the uh residential real estate. But, you know, there's folks who just follow money and they don't care as long as they can get some money. And that's what brings us here today. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, on that note, thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time with us, we're the secret group of brown kids. Who are the secret group of brown kids? It's a secret. 
but you might be able to find us up real late at night wondering who that asshole getting out of the helicopter on TV is asking ourselves, why he yelling to my house? <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember those infomercials that played in the movie, but I, I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's how I knew who he was. Uh, but yeah. I actually don't. Wow. Maybe you were overseas then or something. I don't know. But, or you went to bed on time. Uh, my name is Tiffzilla, your host, and on this podcast, I make my friends watch movies with me and talk about their feelings. And on the panel today, request all his cash being $2 bill denominations from the bank. Tim. Uh, again, I don't think you understand how close you get, you're getting on some of these. <laughs> uh, and lost his password to his crypto wallet and only has two guesses left. Jamel. I mean, it's like $500,000. How did I freaking forget? Use your grandma name. I tried that. <laughs> I tried them both. Uh, and on uh, today we're uh, we're watching The Wolf of Wall Street 2013 as part three of our uh, Scorsese X DiCaprio miniseries. <laughs> Closing it out. And the plot description is. A New York stockbroker refuses to cooperate in a large securities fraud case involving corruption on Wall Street, corporate banking world, and mob infiltration based on Jordan Belfort's autobiography. Hold up. Is is that the plot? That's that's the letterbox's plot, but I don't that's, remember mob shit. That's the plot of the last third of the movie. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like yeah, I their description to... is almost a spoiler. Look. <laughs> well Yeah. Mm. I mean, if you know anything from watching movies like this, just watching the trailer, you know everybody doesn't come out. Yeah, like on the other side with their thumbs up. Like, My bad, yeah, y'all. Did let it. me read the IMDb one. All right, based on a true story of Jordan Belfort from his rise to a wealthy stockbroker, living the high life, to his involving crime, corruption, and anyway, <laughs> I guess everyone uh, they all just know that you knew who Jordan Belfort was because. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, mob infiltration? Because I don't remember the mob part. I don't think there's any mob in this. No, they're they're doing their own corruption. I don't remember right. their They being... are the mob. Like... Someone read Scorsese and just said mobs in there somewhere. Yeah. Yo, I am sorry. That's a I should have thought about that description. <laughs> I saw that on you. Matthew kinda say Mihanahe said, Do I look funny to you? <laughs> like ha ha funny? <laughs> <laughs> That's rookie funny. <laughs> yeah, so this had a thea- theatrical release, uh, 2013, and you can currently stream it on Netflix or Paramount Plus if you got it. Do you have to watch it before listening to the rest of this episode? I don't know. So it's a true story. Some of the jokes might land better, I guess, but it's not like it was. It's not like Shutter Island <laughs> last week's episode. <laughs> Mm. Oh, anyway, boy. we're we're doing this uh, Scorsese DiCaprio miniseries because Killers of the Flower Moon is coming out, which would be his sixth time working DiCaprio, Scorsese. And we said, let's go through some of their movies together. Uh, we skipped Gangs in New York and The Departed. Gangs in New York, I uh, didn't feel like it. And everybody likes The Departed. So that left us with The Aviator, Shutter Island, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. So now we're here. I forget Shutter Island is Scorsese. That's yeah, because he never did anything like that. Yes, yeah, definitely. Or at least it's been a long time since. Weird for him. So in this movie, we got Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, Margot Robbie, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Kyle Chandler, Rob Rayner, John Bernthal, John Favreau, 
and Jean Dujardin. Real quick, do you do you not know Rob Reiner? Oh yeah, no Rob Reiner. Okay, what's he yeah. from? <laughs> we'll talk about him later. He he's one of the like best directors from like late eighties, early nineties. Made like he made the Princess Bride. I, I think you might remember. Oh, you might also remember him from All in the Family. All in the Family. Yeah, he's not who I remember from All in the Family. You <laughs> <laughs> said Rainer, and I'm like, oh wow, he doesn't know Rob Reiner, but that's all right. Oh, because I said his name wrong. I mean, I'm not trying to be like. Anyway, I mean, not to going. skip ahead, but that's kind of cool that like, yeah, Scorsese's like so like good with it he can just ask two directors to be in his movie three <laughs> spike jones are here too who's spike jones you know what i, mean, I, know who spike I jones never is, know who spike, spike jones, jones when i see him i'm yeah. always surprised that he looks a different way look he's one of them people who you if you say like you know what's the joke uh you show me two white dudes it's like those are the chain smokers like <laughs> <laughs> like that's oh that's beck <laughs> <laughs> oh okay <laughs> why not <laughs> That could be anybody. That's why I was like, I know who Spike Jones is, but who the hell was he in the movie? Because I damn sure didn't. The uh, the CEO at the uh, the little penny stock place. Oh, oh, oh the he shoe. was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, or not the shoes? The um, the early guy. That yeah, was the like, first, yeah, we just yeah. kind of do our thing. Yeah. So three directors. Now <laughs> I see it. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's funny. Okay, you're a prolific director. You could just have like people just up in the movie, like, hey. What you doing tomorrow? Like, uh, and the third one is John Favreau, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Favreau and his uh, dark comedy right ass. So yeah, uh, this is based on the autobiography uh, written by Jordan himself, Jordan Belfort, and the screenwriter was Terrence Winter. Budget hundred million, which I'm sure went to actors and shit. Everybody was in this movie. Real coke. I, I guess they, that's <laughs> real. <laughs> and real coke. <laughs> there was some CGI too. <laughs> real coke would explain a lot, actually. Uh, it would. In box office, it did 117 mil domestic, uh, 290 international, 407 worldwide total. That is I'm actually. Huge numbers for, for Scorsese, yeah. Like, only 100, so it domestically, kind of a dud. Not really. I mean... Not, for one, for Scorsese, he, this was his most earnings. I think it still is. Hmm. And, I mean, it's definitely not a flop total. No, not total, no. But, but I guess, you know, for an R-rated comedy at three hours. At three hours, 100, that's huge. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, five Oscar noms. Best Actor, Leo. Uh, Best Supporting Actor, Jonah Hill. <laughs> yeah. Directing, Scorsese. Adapted screenplay to Terrence Winter. And it was also nominated for Best Picture. Didn't win any of them, but five noms. And Rotten Tomatoes, audience, 83. Critics, 80. Uh, I, that makes sense to me. Yeah, so it still pains me every time I, I remember that Jonah Hill has two Best Supporting Actor noms. What's the other one for Moneyball? Yeah, hmm. that got him this one actually. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna act like he <laughs> is rolling this. <laughs> like he he did the thing. I think he it, I hate <laughs> the character, but you were supposed to hate him. Yes. But like the sh- the shit he did and said, like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, plus it like I'm sure it still had that little bit of uh, I don't know if there's a word for this, but like they expected less from him as a comedian, and then. He did a bit more 
and they're like, oh, oh, he can act too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't a dramatic role. He was still a funny character, but damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Donnie was on 10 with Leo, like, yes. in terms of, like, how fucking wild they were and just the delivery and everything. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, real quick shout outs. Nigeria's back. Hey, Nigeria. Hey, all right. What up, Nigeria? And there's a guy, I don't work with him, but he's in my building. And for like the last like few months, we've been chatting every time we bumped into each other in the hallway because I always complimented his, his, uh, his sneakers. And at some point he brought up that he liked movies. And I was like, hey, <laughs> uh, not only do I like <laughs> movies too, but... uh. I'm another nigga with a podcast, <laughs> but he actually listened to the podcast. And then he, next time he saw me, he was like, Hey man, I, I listen. And like, I really like you guys. You're really funny. And I like the name yeah. too. I was like, Oh snap. Like he, he really wanted to listen. Uh, so shout out to Kent. All right. Shout out, man. Now moving forward, we're going to spoil the movie. I mean, it's a real story and I already just spoiled it in the plot, but you know, you know how these things go. So, real quick, how do we feel about the movie? I mean, <laughs> okay, so long, long and as shit. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw. Out, I, I'm acting like these are like cards that uh, I can only use for so much time. Uh, I'm gonna throw out this one. I'm not gonna use. The, I, I could. I could go to this other one really easy, but I'm throwing this one out now. Why does it feel like? so much like one of those movies where Adam Sandler gets his friends together and they just cut up. Yeah. I I, I get that. Like like grown ups but yeah. R rated. Like, yeah. It's just <laughs> I just want to hang out with my good friends Chris Rock and Dave Attell and everybody and oh my God, I'm gonna say the F bomb more because I can. <laughs> Look, like I haven't seen every Scorsese movie. But this the first Scorsese movie that I've seen that's like this, <laughs> right? That this it this, felt so man. much not like his style. That's why I thought he was doing the coke too. Like <laughs> this shit was insane, and I think I like this movie a lot more this time than I I really didn't like it the first time I saw it. It was like almost sensory overload and i realized this after watching three scorsese movies in a row that his movies take you along i mean like most movies fucking do that you know but <laughs> especially his mm -hmm. he's really good at like as a viewer you're going on this ride with the main character and you're gonna he does his best to kind of make you feel the way they feel at some at points uh like that's the whole gimmick to shutter island and even like with aviator like you kind of get that sense like the whole movie feels like a ride but then like he wants you to feel like if if you're in luxury like you see you're you're in that awe at certain points like within like an aviator and like when like jordan belfort you know started getting money you're like you feel that like that excess right yeah like that he's yeah. doing the fucking most and you can feel it it comes it comes through the movie but it at three hours, I, it, I felt like I was getting sensory overload. And then at some point, we were getting a new scene every, like, 90 seconds of just then just wilding the fuck out. I I felt like I got, <laughs> like, assaulted after after I saw it the first time. Having seen it this time and I got my mind right, like, I was able to laugh a lot more and, like, take in a lot more of the jokes. Yeah. 
and the decisions and I like I appreciate it more now, but it is it is a lot. I took it's it slow. I rewound every once in a while if something seemed like I missed something. Mm-hmm. But there were definitely scenes. It, like you're saying, they just shoved scene mm-hmm. after scene after scene. But then there were times when a scene was like, okay, I get what's going on. Oh, we're still going. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're st- okay. All right. Well, you just gave me like four flash scenes really fast. And now we're still on this one. Okay. Is something <laughs> going to happen? Is some- No, it's just this, huh? Okay. Okay. I've never done coke. Oh, now we're in another scene. Okay. (laughs) Is this what doing coke is like? Like, (laughs) actually, I feel like if anything, it's probably like Michael Bay. Not all Michael Bays, but there you can tell which Michael Bay movies he's on coke for. (laughs) And like when 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 the the cuts are less than less than a second, that those are his coke movies. Yeah. The average cut time is left in a second. (laughs) Yeah, like like that entire scarecrow sequence. It was like I gotta get some. I gotta get some inspiration. What, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamel? I hadn't seen this movie since I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, so ten years. Yeah, this movie's a freaking experience, man. For me, yeah, um, yeah. it is like you know you describe some movie. You call it a ride, like you could call it a roller coaster, but it's just escalating for the first like two hours there's really almost nothing like that really gets in their way for so much of it so it is just scene after scene of i guess i can mention it now right i noticed this time that at the exact halfway point of the movie is when he starts getting hit with the shit like the consequences are starting like he finds out that he's being investigated and stuff like that but so for the first half it's just uphill and them doing wild shit, wild shit, wild shit. The wild shit continues after the second, after, you know, the halfway point. But mm-hmm. that's when the consequences also start. Right. But, like, that first half is just, if you only saw the first half of this movie, like, <laughs> you're like, he did it. <laughs> but, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I didn't feel that three-hour uh, runtime because... There's really not a dull moment for like almost any of it. Like it's just constantly pushing everything forward, showing you some wild shit. I think it's a lot of fun. Three hours, but you know, for like a rainy afternoon like like today, great way to spend it. Yeah. All right. Well, we can go through it now. So, film starts out with Leonardo DiCaprio throwing a small person in a. <laughs> a look, I'm not. We done got in trouble two right. two weekends in a row. <laughs> Part Just do, three. do your best. <laughs> you know, DiCaprio throwing a small person in a Velcro suit onto a large bullseye and doing coke off a woman's ass crack. Out of a woman's ass crack, sorry. <laughs> uh, and that just sets the tone for the whole fucking movie. <laughs> and then he, uh, he quickly gives us the rundown about how amazing his life is and we see how rich, how rich he is and how wild he is and how much drugs he takes. I'm not going to do his accent, so because I'm not really sure what it is, <laughs> but <laughs> no, because he's true. from New York. But I was getting the little Boston hints in there too, and I was like, uh, it's a little whatever. Jersey sometimes. Yeah, but uh, yep. On a daily basis, I consume enough drugs to sedate Manhattan, Long Island, 
and Queens for a month. I take Quaaludes 10 to 15 times a day for my back pain. Adderall to stay focused. Xanax to take the edge off. Pot to mellow me out. Cocaine to wake me back up again. And morphine well, because it's awesome. (laughs) But of all the drugs under God's blue heaven, there's one that's my absolute favorite. Enough of this shit will make you invincible. Enough to conquer the world and eviscerate your enemies. And he holds up a $100 bill. Good Lord. Message. (laughs) Message. (laughs) Message. (laughs) Then the movie takes us back to 1987 so we can see how we got here. And uh, he, Jordan Belfort, starts his first day off on Wall Street as a stockbroker for R.L. Rothschild working under Mark Hanna, played by Matthew McConaughey. And Mark Hanna kind of is who he, like, eventually kind of becomes, like, who he wants to be and who he eventually becomes kind of like a... You know, from anime heads, Gurren Logan. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's actually very good. And the narrator, which is, you know, Leo, he says, you want to know what money sounds like? Go to a trading floor on Wall Street. Fuck this. Shit that cunt, cop, asshole. I couldn't believe how these guys talked to each other. I was hooked in seconds. It was like mainlining adrenaline. <laughs> and <laughs> so, like, for him, these that's how they talked, and he loved it. I mean people talk like this and look that aggressive like i can't fucking stand look you know apparently <laughs> this movie set a new record for uh swears in a movie really taking it from casino so <laughs> another scorsese movie that's what scorsese does <laughs> that's funny it's is it messed up that i didn't even really register how foul the language is you were you were a marine <laughs> yeah true I once worked uh, worked with this Navy dude, and I asked him, I was like, man, why are you cussing so much? And he was like, why do you fucking care? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a sailor. And I was like, but you not now. Like, chill. Like, you cu- you finding reasons to. I feel like you come up with, like, things to say just so you can be talking and cuss. Like, <laughs> you ain't saying nothing. Got the SpongeBob dolphin sound just constantly going. <laughs> Yeah, so this is when we get, there's several iconic scenes in this movie, uh, but the first one is, uh, this is when we get Matthew McConaughey, and it starts out with him doing that weird humming and chest beating shit. And like, you probably, if you haven't seen the movie, or you might remember, like, that's where the meme, like, you got to pump those numbers up. <laughs> Funny, out of context. You, I didn't you even re- know. Yeah, you didn't realize what he was talking about. Right. I didn't know what, I didn't know what the lead up on that one. I, those are rookie numbers. Those you got to pump numbers. those up. That's all I knew. So, it starts out with him doing that uh, humming thing. And doing a bump of coke, like right there, just out of the open. And Mark Hanna goes straight to the point. Everything is a fugazi. Wait, I can't even remember which is the re- right way to say it. He uh, says, I've heard it both. He, he, he said fugazi, fugazi, and then Leo corrects him and says fugazi. fugazi. It's all bullshit. Nobody knows if stocks are going to go up or down. The point is to just get your client to buy more stocks, because while the client is, is only rich on paper, as brokers, we get cold, hard cash off commissions. So... The point is to tell your client, hey, this stock's going to go up. You want to buy more. And every time they buy more, they're only rich on paper for now. But they make money off commission. So no matter, anytime they buy, regardless of what happens, the broker's going to get a cut. Mm. That's uh, real scammy. I mean, 
Yeah. And by the way, McConaughey, that chest thumb thing was apparently just a thing he does. Yeah, yeah. He it, That was all him. That's not Mark Hanna. That's Matthew McConaughey. But, like, apparently he just... He just did does it. that before scenes. That's just him getting focused or something. Well, <laughs> I think what was the... Uh, I guess more of this movie was improvised than yeah. was was written. So it's like, you need to was... take this scene and go from A and get to B. I need you yep. to take start at A and get to B. And they would just make stuff up. So they they just let McConaughey off the leash, and he just he yes. did all. And it's not just the humming thing that that he threw in, but like he's a great actor. <laughs> like I'm sorry, uh, like the way he all that bullshit he spouted just off the top. <laughs> like what the fuck? So Leo's reactions were real. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, did he really just ask me that? Like, cause you see Jordan. Jordan looking at him like, and then at some point he even looks around and be like, "Y'all see this shit?" And, and he's he really like, just, "Come on, are we are we gonna keep rolling?" He yeah, he's like, "Yeah, he's like just, just do it person. too." Is that real cocaine? <laughs> that was real cocaine. Hundred million dollars. This is private stash. It wasn't even part of the movie. So then he tells him the two keys to success is jerking off twice a day. You got to get those numbers up. <laughs> To get the blood pumping and doing cocaine to stay focused. <laughs> I mean, worked for him. <laughs> Wild shit. And uh, then Black Monday happened, the worst day in the stock market since the big stock market crash in 1929, and the firm imploded. <laughs> and Leo was out of a job. It was like he worked really hard to get up there. He did everything the guy told him. It was working out. And it was like, nah. nah. <laughs> But man, like I remember, I think I watched the whole McConaughey scene just smiling because it, it was just that. Oh my goodness, that character! And like, yeah, he's playing a real person, but I mean, this is a based on a true. Yeah. I know you can't see me, right. uh, podcast land, but I'm doing air quotes based on a true story thing. So they took liberties, obviously. And just letting McConaughey be McConaughey's. <laughs> McConaughey turned to Scorsese. Hey, uh, Marty, are we done? I'm going to go try that jacking off thing for real. <laughs> you know, like right now. Like not in front of nobody, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, McConaughey comes in here, steals this scene, turns around. Doesn't he steal the uh, best actor from uh, right under him this year? This year is this the the um, Dallas Buyers Club? Dallas Buyers, yeah. <laughs> so just <sighs> dang, <laughs> just moonwalked out. Do you, do you think like in, in the in the audience at the Academy Awards that year when he won, like in Leo's head, this scene started playing with like, McConaughey winking at him and beating his chest. <laughs> Motherfucker! Oh man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so as a result, Jordan didn't believe anybody was hiring for stockbrokers, but his wife found an ad uh, for a firm out in Long Island that sold penny stocks. So he gets on board with them, and this is this is when you, we see the first director cameo, not cameo, but part. Well, this is a cameo, but first mm-hmm. director in the movie, Spike Jones, as the dude who runs the penny stock firm, which I didn't catch watching it, because as we said before we started recording, Every time we see Spike Jones, he's, he looks different. And you could put, you could point any white man out, tall, skinny white man out to me, and be like, "That's Spike Jones." And be like, "All right, 
That's that's a that's a singer from the Strokes right there. Mm. Credit where credit is due. I didn't realize it until I watched the uh, rewatched the uh, Honest trailer. So thanks, Ah, uh, yeah. I remember I used to watch a lot of Deezus and Mero when they were on Vice, and like sometimes yeah. he'd pop in, and I'd be, oh, every time he popped in, I'd be like, "Oh, that's Spike Jones, huh?" <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, that's what he looks like. Yeah, <laughs> that's the guy from the Beastie Boys video. <laughs> So he gets on board with them, and he ends up making a ton of money because instead of the 1% commission that he made on Wall Street, the penny stocks got him 50% commission because the share prices were so low. Like, penny stocks are just stocks that trade for under a dollar, right? A share. So because the shares were so low, I guess the commission had to be more, and then it was less regulated too. So he got the town because he was a great salesman. <laughs> and because the people he's selling to just don't really know yeah, they they were also weren't like rich people who knew yeah. a lot they were just trying to get involved because spike jones said that the their ad ran in like hustler magazine yeah. or whatever so they got like a lot of like blue collar workers and it literally said get rich quick yeah. so yeah <laughs> i feel like also, people will point at this movie and say you know they're glorifying this lifestyle and everything it's like without beating you over the head with if it. If you stop before the halfway point. Right. No, but in this this stretch right here, we're seeing just how much of a bastard, you know, he is. Like he's taking advantage of the little guy, you know, people yeah. like us who don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to invest in the stock market. Yeah. His wife at this point, Kristen Milioti, yeah, who she's really good in this movie, doesn't mm-hmm. get a ton to do, but you know, she helps him find the job. Yep. Not thanked at all. Later on, you'll see her kind of point out. She has one really good doing. scene later on. Yeah. yeah. But she's, I think she's good in all her scenes and, uh, you know, just not the kind of, but I mean like the, like really recognized for, you know, she, that she has a scene that would have been that, like the Oscar clip. Scene, yeah. If she did get nominated. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Shout out. I already forgot how to say her name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. We said Kristen. I don't want to butcher it. Uh, I think it's Milioti. Milioti. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's I've good. I've seen her on other things. Um, what's the movie, the loop movie from a couple years ago? Palm Springs? Palm Springs, yeah. Was yeah. that her? Oh, yeah, she was the yeah. main girl? Yeah. That's right, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so uh, next we see Jordan eating breakfast at a diner with his new yellow Jaguar parked outside. And he's approached by a guy who lives in his building, Donnie Azoff, played by Jonah Hill. <laughs> and fucking Donnie, oh my god. Uh, very quickly, you realize what type of character Donnie is. Donnie's super nosy and abrasive and wants to know how much Jordan makes. And when he finds out, he said he quit his, his job on the spot. <laughs> so seriously, how do you, how much do you make? I told you I made 70000 last month. Well, technically 72000 something like that. You made seventy two grand in one month? Yeah. I tell you what, you show me a pay stub for 72000 on it, I quit my job right now and I work for you. And so Jordan does. Uh, so Jordan shows him the pay stub, and it uh, cuts to them outside on a payphone. And Jonah Hill's on the payphone, and he's quitting his job. Hey, Polly, what's up? Yeah, no, yeah, uh, no, everything's fine. Hey, listen, I quit. <laughs> Just <laughs> right there, uh, and he uh. did quit his job, which is which I thought was a little weird. I just met the fucking guy. Uh, and then you hear Jonah Hill go, don't fucking tell Susan. It's none of her business. He's talking about his wife, right? I think so. 
and then you hear uh, Jordan go, uh, there were other things about him too, like his phosphorescent white teeth, <laughs> the fact that he wore horn rims with clear lenses just to look more waspy, and then there were the rumors, and then it cuts to them in a bar with Donnie explaining uh. to Jordan that he married his cousin and had two kids. <laughs> and that they- whole situation <laughs> was like, are you? supposed to just be this blase about it look it I was mean, so funny because i'm not gonna have some other guy fucking my hot cousin like yeah it's like yeah. what where he goes like just kidding but then he only says just kidding for like a part of the story yeah and it's like oh he really did marry his cousin <laughs> but his logic was i'm not just gonna have other guys mess with my co- hot cousin <laughs> what the fuck nigga what <laughs> And real quick, dude, mm-hmm. the seventy-two thousand a month, and that's in like late eighties money. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is obscene. Yeah, seventy-two <laughs> a month now, and I'm like, I would the same thing. Yeah, quit my job, I work for you now. Like, but I don't, I don't know what the fucking rate exchange rate is with uh with the inflation. No, eggs damn. weren't five dollars a tray back then. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking chicken wings weren't thirteen dollars. I know that. God damn. <laughs> but, yeah. I know you. I know they gave you the whole wing back then. <laughs> <laughs> the drummy, drummies and flat. No, give where where. Give me. I want the little ugly thing too. Give me all the whole wing. What are y'all talking about? The cough drops were six dollars for a pack of twelve. The fuck. Anyway, so immediately after the the married my cousin thing, Jonah's like, hey, hey. You want to smoke some crack? <laughs> smoke some fucking crack with me, bro. And he was like, uh, one hit. <laughs> fucking knuckleheads. Smoke some God fucking damn. crack with me, bro. Uh, <laughs> so so these two idiots started their own company out of an old auto body shop. And Jordan hired his friends as stockbrokers because they had sales experience. Sea Otter, who sold meat and weed. Meat man. Chester, who sold tires and weed, <laughs> and Robbie, who sold anything he could get his hands on, mostly weed. <laughs> and Brad, or Brad is guy I really wanted. He didn't go along with the rest of us. He made so much money selling Quaaludes, he became known as the Quaalude King of Bayside. <laughs> uh, that's John Bernthal. Yeah, like and, that uh, seems like fine. Like, right? Come on, man. <laughs> Which is funny. I didn't realize at first that like. He wasn't a stockbroker because you never even see him on the stock floor, nope. the trading floor. We we don't see him till later on till we find out what a rat hole is. <laughs> yeah, or unless they were just like out out like celebrating or something, yeah. then he's there. But yeah, but he's still living with his mom. Yeah, he was still living was with his mom. And, and, and that that, that whole scene was cute because he very much was. Yeah. Uh, he had a very uh, silent. A Jay and Silent Bob feel to it, that yeah, whole like thing. The, the kids go go to his house, buy drugs from him in his backyard. He tells them to say hi to your sister for me. <laughs> they leave, <laughs> and then he's like, "Hey, mom, what's for dinner?" <laughs> I was like, "Chicken, chicken." <laughs> oh man! And then after Brad comes, uh, smartest one of the bunch was Nikki Koskoff. He actually went to law school. I called him Rugrat because of his piece of shit hairpiece. <laughs> Still, give them to me young, hungry, and stupid, and I, in no time I'll make them rich. Man, because oh, he, he like he was teaching them how to sell, or his way of selling, mm. which was 
you know, the effective. dick bag way. I mean, it was effective too. Yes, I always. Uh, I learned working at a car dealership that the better the salesman, the worse the human. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, like, like if I if you just went to a car dealership, right, and you see the dude who looks well put together, well dressed. Sometimes he might approach you, the, like, because they like they they usually can spot people and kind of get a feel if they're about to spend some money. It's like, oh, this person looks broke. I'm not going to talk to him. But that's the dude who, like, the better the salesman, worse the human. You don't want to be with that person. Look for the yeah. guy who has his shirt halfway on top. He's struggling. If you don't get the sale, he's about to be fired. Like, he'll treat you nice. Like, he you still has to get his commission. In sheep's clothing they'd have to accept what i'm saying as fact though they'd have to accept that they're a shitty person mm. and then they're preying on you know it's a it's a whole thing it's easy to just <laughs> be an asshole <laughs> and be like i promise you buy this car they'll give you free car washes come to find out they don't get free car wash I, anyway. I i got a guy that got me like that i mean we didn't come out that bad that bad because i like my van but he was like anything you need extra key clean up the car Lies. We'll uh, do an oil change, like Lies. all that stuff. No, that's, we didn't get none of that stuff. <laughs> and then when he found out that we weren't going through their financing, we were going through our bank's financing and just paying them all in one, one lump sum, he sucked his teeth the whole rest of the time. He like doing way work. Look, all all those like, little Dang. things, if you don't notice already, like that's how the dealership makes extra money off you. Like if you're going through their financing, if you put money down, money down goes straight into their fucking pockets. Mm-hmm. Man, like, so go, like, if you go to, if you get in a car finance, don't put any money down. Even if you have the extra money that you would have put down, wait, get the car, and then add it on to your, your bill when you start paying the bill. Don't put mm-hmm. it down. Because they'll, the way they finagle how that payment's structured, that money down is going right in their pockets. Mm-hmm. As soon as I started to hear about that, every commercial where it's like, no money down. I mm-hmm. I subconsciously heard, because we don't even need to do that. Yeah, because we don't even do that. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's like they're getting a tip with the money down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Jordan's methods helped turn his pump and dump scheme in which misleading positive statements inflate the stock's price so it can be sold at an artificially high price in the, into a success. And when the scheme's perpetrators sell their overvalued securities... The price plummets. And those who were conned into buying at the inflated price are left, you know, with a uh, with stock that is suddenly so much more worthless, right? Mm, yep. Uh or at least worth less than they paid for it. Absolutely. And uh so to cloak all of that BS, uh Jordan gives the company a more respectable sounding name, Stratton Oakmont. <laughs> and then uh soon after the company moves out of the auto body shop and into the actual office space. And this is also when they're making so much money that they're having like weekly office shenanigans. I would have had to quit. <laughs> that, <laughs> Even in my twenties, I'd have been like, mm, "Well, it, look, I don't know. I feel like the first time, like, like a stripper, like, sat on my desk or something. Like, I that would be like, <laughs> you know, like, mm, I don't know where you've been. I'm sorry, like." And I gotta clean this, like, and we gotta do this every Friday, like. I mean, like, uh, I mean, I'm a little weird. I understand. I probably I feel like if you're the kind of person who would quit over that, you're not the kind of person person who would be wouldn't have got the job. Hired in yeah. the first place. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't you're have right. got the job. You're right. You're right. I'm like, hey, uh, you probably have to do a line with them in the interview. I mean, we literally <laughs> see 
in one scene them lined up to bang the same hooker. Mm. Uh, just lined up with their pants down in the office. There's a point at which a lady like walks in, she like drops everything but her panties and like one guy is like kind of dancing with her and like uh they start to kiss and homeboy from My Name is Earl grabs the woman <laughs> from from that guy, kicks him over, yep. turns her around and puts her on a desk like, my, "No, this was mine. This belonged to me." I'm glad you like, brought him up um, because Brass? He was one of the only people in the movie, not only people, but he's one of the people who I recognized in the movie that wasn't a big name, mm-hmm. but he all, and he was in a lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker had two lines. <laughs> right. <laughs> and one of them was, it's it's a boat, not a schooner. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so... uh Forbes did an expose of the company and Jordan got called the Wolf of Wall Street. Like, that's where it came from. Mm -hmm. And this brought in more people to work for the firm, but it also got the FBI to start snooping around. Jordan also brought in his dad as, what they call him, an enforcer or something? Which seems like, what? He he was like the only voice of reason in the building, pretty much. Jordan, why are you doing this? Why are you spending so much? Also, there's his first wife, again, being smart and supportive. Hey, no, no such thing as bad publicity. Next day, he gets all yep. these other people coming in to work with him. She's mm-hmm. she is right every, every time. time she's on screen. Yeah, it, I didn't notice that the first time around. Yeah, yeah, it's it's setting it up for when he uh, screws her over. Yeah. Also, spoilers. First she is wife. she is also really cute. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you got a lot going on here. She knows what's up. She's doing you good. And you're just uh whole piece of shit. You just sitting on coke going hooray. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, Mad Max. Yeah, so yeah, that's <laughs> that's gonna call his dad Mad Max. Uh so next we get the company party at the beach house where we see them continue to wild out. This is wild. And we get a Quaalude explanation, which did you know what Quaaludes were before this? I'd heard of them, but I obviously didn't them. know that much. Yeah, I didn't know in 2013 now since then now i know that that was uh bill cosby's uh <laughs> anyway we're not gonna get into yeah. <laughs> you see but it's funny because then in the movie they explained that they stopped making them at some point so like they became rarer and rarer <laughs> uh, and at some point like I mean, we'll get to it. I would, no, no point. Like, does no one it. have the recipe for quaaludes? <laughs> no, what, apparently not. <laughs> what other Schedule One narcotic can people not buy? <laughs> hey, let's 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 not get too inventive with the idea of re- replicating the recipe because we already have too many breweries and distilleries popping up everywhere. <laughs> last need, last thing we need is like you know uh, bespoke quaaludes i'm just saying it, it, there's a market for it it's surprising <laughs> that someone isn't filling it i mean but it, it was a rich person's drug so you know like i mean I, not that quaaludes was that popular to begin with but that's probably why come on down to the new quaalude emporium those are rookie <laughs> numbers and get your fill on brand new bespoke quaaludes no don't do that so yeah uh the Quaalude, the explanation, 
And then Naomi, played by Margot Robbie, enters the movie, who he soon after starts to have an affair with, right? Uh, he falls for her hard and starts ignoring his wife, and eventually we get the scene with Jordan doing coke off of Naomi's boobs in the back of a car, and then his wife rips open the door and catches him. And Flagrant. This is when we get the, the scene that I was talking about that she should have got her little reward for. Uh, that's where you fucking been? With that whore from the party? Who the fuck are you, Jordan? You're like a completely different person. And he's like, I felt horrible. Three days later, I filed for divorce and I moved Naomi into the apartment. Uh, point of no return. Yep. Oh, man. It's too bad. It wasn't me. Wasn't a, it wasn't out yet. He could have just played Shaggy for her and she had been like, <laughs> wait a second. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, Honey caught me red-handed doing coke off of the... <laughs> <laughs> Off the titties of a whore. It was me. <laughs> I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, then the movie starts moving at this a This is the first movie pace. I saw Margot Robbie in. I think so. I think this was her first American. Uh, well, I don't know for it sure if it was her first American. It was definitely one of her, her earliest things. It was her yeah. first big American movie. I feel like this is what put her on the map. Yeah, I think she might. Because she, she started out in an Australian like yeah. soap opera or something. And over here, if she was in anything before this, it was small. I've heard her Australian accent in like one movie. I forget that she's Australian. But yeah, I think I'm pretty sure this is what put her on the map here. Because she just shows up and looks amazing, acts amazing. She's great. I didn't like her, but we're going to leave that alone. Okay. No, no other comments. <laughs> <laughs> What's that actress from uh, My Name is Earl that she looks almost the same? Jamie Presley. Jamie Presley, Samara Weaving, and there's the one that looks almost exactly like Jamie Presley. Which Did is you ever see the Jamie Press? There's a picture of Jamie Presley and Margot Robbie meeting for the first time, and mm. they just both look a little too freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> Not the primary. Look. Like, no, that's that's too much. So how come Jenny Presley couldn't put it together? Hmm. She was out here, you know, putting in work. She had to look. She just couldn't. My theory is the accent, hmm. which not isn't against her. I think she just played the char- that character too many times. Hmm. I think once you're in a movie like Can't Hardly Wait, it's hard to, like climb the the ladder yeah they, i they, can't think of anybody from can't hardly wait that like went on to gigantic things like really it's unfortunate i didn't, I didn't see it i mean also you know hollywood sexist maybe she just she had what it took but they gave it to somebody else so yeah the movie starts moving at the, an insane pace and like every one to two minutes there was another scene and almost all played for comedy uh i mean i guess this is a comedy yeah, well, yeah. So we meet the gay butler, Nicholas, then Naomi coming home to him having an orgy in their apartment, <laughs> uh, then them beating him up and hanging him off the balcony because $50,000 went missing from Jordan's sock drawer. Uh, we learn what a rat hole is, which is uh, someone that they, like a friend he uses to like hold money or whatever in, in yeah. their name, uh, which was what he was using Brad for, uh, John Bernthal. So he's the one who keeps the stock in his name while they're doing their pump and dump scheme. Yeah. Uh, Stratton Oakmont getting investigated by the SEC and the FBI while they continue to do shady shit. Or the FBI starting, but we see like the SEC, like them like being assholes to them. 
then Jordan proposes to Naomi, the bachelor orgy trip <laughs> to, right. to Vegas. He said it costed him $2 million because he flew like all his dudes out and 50 hookers. And yeah. And he also had to refurnish an entire floor. Entire floor. Yeah. Of of the hotel. The hotel. Which uh, I think would cost more. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. That's that probably sounds... the main, the main thing is the, of the 2 million. And then the second expense probably being flights and hotel rooms, then the hookers. Or may I don't know how much cocaine costs. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> and then them buying the yacht named Naomi <laughs> and the mansion in Long Island. So we fast forward 18 months and he stays in sauce with his wife Naomi now uh, because of his fuckery. And then we get the infamous uh, no panty scene, which... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't got to explain it because I feel like if you're here with us at this point, either you've seen the movie or you've at least seen this scene because he's he's in trouble. So she's like, well, no sex, but ain't going to wear no panties around the house and I'm going to flash you all the time. And he's hurting. But then he's like, oh, there's a camera in the teddy bear and our security guards, Rocco and Rocco, just saw your goodies. <laughs> <laughs> Rocco and Rocco. Uh, yeah. Uh, see, yeah right before that, too, where... Uh... Where she's angry. first of all the the switch from her before he married her till after is just great from you know oh yeah yeah um, not saying that like she did anything wrong because no, no, now, no. now they're married and like she has to deal with the shit all the time and she's sick of it when she's so, the other woman you know all yeah. the fuckery is fine but now, yeah you know but now she's um, the the wife and it's just like i'm like who, who the fuck is venice <laughs> i feel like he should have come in ma'am he was treating that water like holy water, like it was burning him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. She just had a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a bucket. It was a glass. You'd go a glass. glass, come back and throw it on him again. <laughs> That's He's so angry about it. He was so mad. Every time she threw water on him, he'd get so. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> That was actually really funny, that scene. That was great. But then we see the uh, the Steve Madden IPO speech. And <laughs> it's funny. I didn't realize that that was a uh, Silicon. I can't remember his name. I just call him Silicon Valley. Um, <laughs> it starts out with Donnie eating Silicon Valley's goldfish. Man, <laughs> like. Oh, him. That was. They never that was got, like, also rough. Up. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Middleditch. Yeah, that dude. He's perpetually going to play that character, but it's all right. He's making money. He's got nerd face. I don't know. What yeah, he's yeah. In a bow tie. Sometimes they 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 break out of that. Like like Jesse hey. Eisenberg kind of did. Mm. I mean, he always plays he's like that weird throat. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, the uh, IPO speech. So he hypes up all his brokers to sell the Steve Madden IPO to their clients, and Jordan underhandedly owned a million of the two million shares so he made 22 million dollars in three hours wow yeah and if you don't know what ipo is initial public offering so like when a company goes public for the first time and then they set like okay this is how much a share is going to cost or whatever and usually when that happens people are usually excited from it so like the price of the share goes up super fast because people are you know, they're hopping on board. You've already spent more time explaining it than the movie did. <laughs> You're right, because he starts to explain it, and then he's like, you don't need to know. But. He does that too many times. <laughs> it's a good joke, 
but it's like it's just like so here's the techno you know what fuck it this is what happened i'm like well what, oh i, what I wanted, wanted to know, to know. <laughs> <laughs> now i gotta look now now i gotta do homework for the movie i'm like looking on my phone what is an ipo and how does it work <laughs> you okay jamal no well because that's i said that i asked that earlier and y'all were like nah he don't need to explain more and now you're like, I did want them to explain more. Well, like he said he in, wanted in the in more. the midst of it, I very much was like, well, damn. But like after he like got on a roll, it was like, yeah, fuck it. What do I need to know? Mm-hmm. That he, was Tim. He, I'm. I said I. Right. I'm the one who said the other thing. It's on wax. I'm laughing. <laughs> it's all good. He, he's got a he's got a way of talking, <laughs> and it's by saying as little as possible and making me feel good about myself. <laughs> So I know this is the exact halfway point of the movie. Oh, yeah. So Jordan gets word that the FBI contacted his wedding videographer, and this spooks him. <laughs> Eventually, they make their way uh, directly to him, and Jordan sets up a meeting on his yacht. And in the meeting, Jordan flaunts his wealth. Is He's super defensive, and he deflects and shit. And even he low-key tries to bribe the, the FBI agents. I know what you're talking about. I ain't hear no bribe. Oh yeah, <laughs> the one asked him to repeat his bribe, just as he said, and Jordan explains the law to them and how, like, what he said wasn't admissible in court, and then he kicks him off his yacht. <laughs> I kind of wish we got more Kyle Chandler in this too. He was really good. I um, thought we had the right amount of Kyle Chandler in the, in the spots we had. Like, I like that he we got his. I don't want to call it a payoff, but we got his moment at the end where, because on the on the yacht, he says that. You know, like Jordan's talking about how rich he is and how nice everything is. And he's like, wow, this is really nice. You know, I wear the same suit three times a week. And while I'm, and you know, and I think about things like this while I'm sitting on the subway sweating my balls off. And so at the end of the movie, we get him sitting on the subway looking around yeah. at all the normal people. And I can't really, I don't know if you I know? read that like properly because he doesn't smile or anything. Well, he's got the he's got the sheet, you know, showing you did it. Yeah, you did. And he's it. just sitting there, he's, like he's still sitting there, like, huh? Well, absolutely <laughs> thankless job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did any of these people actually get helped by by what he did? Absolutely. That's that. I think that's a big part of it. Is like nobody he, he on the did. subway is going to really feel that. Yeah. Not the people on the subway, but there were people that like. They, they could prove got screwed over that sure. got mm. some money, but it definitely probably wasn't as much money as they like lost. Right. It was like 2 million split between however many people, you know? Mm. But yeah, so that you're right. That is how I would read it. It's just like, I did all this shit and I'm still sitting here. And like, that is what Jordan said, or they, I forgot who said it, but like, you know, I think he said it, you know, I do all this stuff and, you know, I only make seventy thousand a year, and I sweat my balls off on the subway. Mm. Mm. Did but, y'all y'all saw um, Lord of War, right? Yeah, is that Nicholas? Oh, that's Nicholas really Cage. Long time. Yeah, Nicholas Cage and uh, it's Ethan Hawke. I kind of felt that kind of vibe between Jordan and uh, Dunham. Like he, there is like a part of him you know, somewhere in here, in there that like just that wanted it. Or like envied him just a little bit, yeah. But he, but he's, at the end of the day, he's a, a boy scout. And he's going to do yeah. his job. Uh, the movie is white collar Goodfellas, but just their dynamic made me think of a uh, border war. I, I can see that. Yeah. So uh, the FBI thing spooked Jordan, 
And so he comes up with the scheme to hide his money in a Swiss bank account. So he plans a trip to Geneva to set things <sighs> up. But he gets way too fucked up off of Quaaludes leading up to the flight. And on the flight, he goes bananas uh, and assaults the flight attendant and just, just wild shit. Like, I ain't even about to explain all of it. It was really fast anyway. Uh, mm. But this this conversation is what took me the fuck out. Because he wakes up <laughs> and he has, like, the seatbelt extenders tied around him to keep him secure to the seat. And he's like, Donnie. Donnie, this isn't funny. You got to untie me, buddy. And Donnie's sitting next to him. I, I can't untie you. The captain tied you up. He almost fucking tasered you. Why? Why? And then we get the flashback of him, like, humping on the flight attendants and shit. And, yeah. He was like, you were screaming at people. He's like, oh, fuck off. And he's like, you were on the floor rolling around and shit. Oh, Jesus. You called the captain the N-word. I called the captain the N-word? Yeah, he was very upset. Really? Luckily, we're in first class. Jesus. Jesus Christ. I think you have a fucking drug problem. <laughs> and this is coming from Donnie's partner in from, crime. From, from the crackhead. I didn't I didn't mention this, but like when the literal crackhead yes. says you have a drug problem. When we yeah, the little crack you're right. The, the, He's you like, wanna we, smoke crack with me? He stuck you behind a building. <laughs> To smoke crack, and, this and guy he's looking at you like, Mm-mm, "Sad." Donnie got high off of Quaaludes at that pool party or whatever when Naomi shows up, and like simultaneously, while like Leo is looking at Jordan's looking at her, falling in love, <laughs> Donnie is pulling his dick out and starts fapping, and his wife runs no. in like, "What the fuck?" His his cousin wife, his cousin wife, <laughs> in front of like a hundred people. Yeah, the whole the whole company, straight up. Yep, jerking it. It's yep. just this gooning. Movie is this is even the only shit. time he pulls out his dick in front of the company. So nope, <laughs> nope, you're correct. That's the only time we see it, though. So yeah, the only time we see it. <laughs> oh. Man, yeah. So yeah, this is coming from Donnie. <laughs> I think Jesus Christ, I think you might have a drug problem. <laughs> and then he goes, "The person you know is like, hey man, yeah, you need some help." <laughs> Get but help. Also, I think he was joking. <laughs> like his a part of him was like enjoying it. Jordan's like, "Where are the ludes? The ludes?" He's like, "They're up my ass. Don't worry about it." Oh, thank God. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my God. See, this time I really got to appreciate how fucking funny this movie was. It was, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so in, in Geneva, Jordan meets with Rugrats' uh, college friend, uh, Jean-Jacques Sorel, a crooked banker who low-key lets him know that if he sets up a Swiss bank account through someone else's name, then the U.S. can never touch his money in Switzerland. Uh, so he meets with Naomi's British aunt in London, that we met earlier at, like, I think the wedding or whatever. Yeah, the and, <laughs> and he gets her to agree to be his rat hole in a Is very funny him? scene. Because, like, they're talking on a bench in the park or some shit. And he's like, we hear his thoughts. And he's like, Is she hitting on me? And then we hear her thoughts when he starts, like, leading into it. And she goes, Is he hitting on me? And then he kisses her. <laughs> and she kind of pushes him off, like, Nah, let's do this for family. <laughs> yeah, family first, my bro. I think the the cut here, we go straight from like them on the bench. Mm. I think to Boney. Him, him fucking uh, Naomi on the bed covered with money. Yeah, but before you realize it's Naomi, I thought it was. I was I like, it was was <laughs> that's funny. Also, Bruh. I read that uh, 
Leo was so nervous doing this kissing scene with this old lady that he fucked it up and they had to do it 27 times. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> man, so she's way wonder. older than 25, too. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Which, actually, not you mentioned, I think Margot Robbie was 25 when she was... Uh, when ah, she, fun uh, fact, uh, nobody knows how old she is. Or not nobody, but there's a there's a whole thing about her lying about her age because people like she, when I say she she was on some Australian soap opera or whatever like whatever it was it was huge amongst like college age kids or something like it was huge huge over there all right and then she came over here blew up and they were like oh she's only twenty whatever and then the folks who knew her from the soap opera was like hey that math ain't math and yeah. I can't do an Australian <laughs> accent, but that, <laughs> yeah, so there's a whole thing Mike, about it. Just throw uh, a mic on the end. What'd you say? Just throw a mic on the end. Mike. Yeah, I, no, Mike. Mind. Cut this. The math isn't <laughs> math and Mike. Oh, add mate on the end. <laughs> I thought you were saying Mike. Mike. You're saying something's wrong with my mic. Ah, Mike. <laughs> wow. Australia's down here, but if you want to make New Zealand, you put it in your nose and make everything a question. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, uh, then uh, then they get Brad's Slovenian stripper's wife and her family to help. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because this came out of nowhere. Uh, They get Brad's Slovenian stripper wife and her family to help smuggle the cash to Switzerland because they all had European passports. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Uh, Donnie needed some money brought over too. And he like he's sitting in the room while when they're trying to figure out how they're gonna like get the money over. Uh Brad and Donnie hate each other. <laughs> Donnie... are, they hate each other in the in a like just in a, such a way. If you were to be around them and say, Oh God, guys, get a room, they'd both beat you up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it, I get it. it. Yeah, Donnie's yeah. Oh it. yeah. You definitely get it. This is the first time that you really see it. Because they don't really interact before this. Vitral. Yeah, but like, it is, as soon as he opens his mouth, you see John Bernthal like, this motherfucker. And of course, the first thing he says is some wild shit like, oh yeah, I need you to do this too. But the way he was talking was as if he was like, you work for me. And so John was like, uh, or Brad was like, yeah, look, he pulls uh, Jonathan to the side. He's like, look, I don't work for him. I like no. He's he's the way he's talking to me is as if I work. I don't work for him. And then fucking Donnie says, uh, like Brad's wife says the same thing. Like I don't work for you. And Donnie goes, "You have my money taped to your tits. You work for me." And man, uh. <laughs> look. <laughs> so they go out. So they take it outside, and of course, uh. I said Jonathan. Jordan. Jordan's talking to Brad like he's trying to calm him down. And we don't see it, but Donnie's like listening in by the door. And Brad calls him like an asshole or something like that. Freaking Donnie runs out with his shiny ass white teeth. He's like, you don't you fucking call me that. And mind you, Brad is jacked as shit. (laughs) Donnie is not. But Donnie is such an arrogant asshole that he thinks he could just run out and talk to him any way he wants. John Bernthal punched the fuck out of <laughs> out of Jonah Hill, and you said he actually hit him. That's what. Damn it! I don't know the video I saw, but yeah, the at least rumor is that he decked him for real because <laughs> they were they they like he was really annoying him on set. <laughs> I, I bet. I, yeah, I bet too. 
That's funny. And again, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, like because in the movie he, he knocks him out. Like he knocks him out cold. Oh man. <laughs> and that's why he has fake teeth. <laughs> I thought the crack was why he had fake teeth. <laughs> now, oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm, that's why yes. he got fluorescent. <laughs> he said phosphorescent. That's why he got phosphorescent white teeth. It was because he didn't <laughs> smoke his teeth. <laughs> oh god. Donnie, the only white man <laughs> addicted to crack in the <laughs> in the eighties too. You get ahead of the game. Mm. You would smoke some crack with me. <laughs> He's so he was so like willing to share. Like, come on. Oh my god. So yeah. So then at the money drop, eventually, like you know, Brad agrees to do it. At the money drop, <sighs> Donnie goes to meet Brad uh, to hand off the briefcase full of money, but he shows up swerving, and then he pretends that he was high. And Brad's like, "Jesus fucking Christ! You couldn't hold it together for one day, one fucking day." And he was like, "Surprise! I'm, I'm not high." And like Brad is like, "What the fuck?" He's supposed to fight him. And so, like, they tussle or whatever. The, the briefcase drops open. Two million dollars in cash falls out. And, of uh, course, the cop is watching all this shit. Yeah. The cop car swings in. Donnie hops in a car and speeds the fuck off. And Brad gets caught literally holding the bag. Like, bro, just <laughs> sloppy. And, and it was all fucking Donnie's fault. All he had to do was show up and give him the briefcase. That's all he had to do. But he's like, no, I'm going to fuck with them instead. Uh. And he knew he fucked up because the next scene. So <laughs> Donnie brings some super strong but super rare quaaludes, some uh, lemons that lemons were like discontinued from like 1980 something or whatever. One, I think. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> to 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 Jordan, and like he's so excited about it because he Donnie knows he fucked up, and Jordan hasn't found out about Brad. So he gets him the mm. super rare thing. And I don't exactly know what his end game was. If he was just like, oh, I'm going to give him these super rare quaaludes and he's going to be so happy about him. He's not going to be mad at me. Yeah, he's going to butter him up. Yeah. You, you, you're not getting it. This man fucking loves quaaludes. No, like the whole quaaludes thing, the way he says it, I was like, this guy's excited. It, oh, this yeah. Is, this, this is the Cause, primo Because in, in, in this scene is when you really understand how much he loves quaaludes. Like, he said he cleared his schedule. He did everything to make sure he wouldn't get too... He throws up in the toilet. He throws up in the toilet. He takes, he takes an, an enema. enema <laughs> just to, like, clean the system out for like, him to bro, take his quaaludes. Just what the hell? <laughs> like, nothing... You alright, man? Nah, I'm dying. Need some water? Need some loons! And now nothing... you're on a list. Can interfere with this high. This is was supposed to be three times stronger than the normal shit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The fuck! I just looked this up. Most quaaludes are marked three hundred, and the lemons are marked seven fourteen. Like he said. Oh shit! <laughs> um, if that has anything to do with strength, that's not something you probably should be taking <laughs> multiples of. And they take so fucking many. It's so bad. So. They uh yeah he clears out schedule they take they take one each because they said yeah we only need one because it's so potent but then nothing happens like they're watching like Steve Urkel and shit like, it ain't working so they take more <laughs> hold on it just hit me what's happening in that Family Matters clip oh no this is this is matched up on purpose I, it ju- it ju- they're trying to they're in a hot air balloon and they want the balloon to go down 
And he, Urkel he, was like, oh, he I get it. Once or, all right, maybe twice he'll go there. He yep. just keeps... He yeah, and they keep right. The whole yeah. thing is matched up. Yeah. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the what's on TV lines up again in like at the end of the scene. Help me out. Disco. Biscuits. I'll get. I'll get to it. Oh my right. god. Sorry, did you say disco biscuits? That's one of the slang names for the uh, quaaludes. quaaludes. That has to be from like England or something. You would think mm. disco biscuits. Uh, so yeah, so uh, then Naomi comes and tells Jordan that his private investigator Bo Deedle <laughs> was oh, on the no huh? That's a that's saying? a real guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing himself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that he was playing himself. Yeah, that's funny. Which is also funny because his 2013 self was playing his 19 early 90s self. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, just fuck it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So Bo Deedle was on the phone and he tells him. He needs him to call him back from payphone immediately. So Jordan rushes over to the nearest one, which is at a country club less than a mile away from his house, right? And on the phone, Bo tells him that Brad got arrested and the FBI agent has his house and uh, work phones tapped. Then Bo asked him if he tried to bribe the agent. <laughs> and that's when all the quaaludes uh, Jordan took kicks in at once. And he said that, like, the quaaludes were so old that, like, the fuse was off. But when they hit, they still hit. Immediately, Bo was like, what the fuck are you saying? Because he couldn't understand. Like He just <laughs> dropped into gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't it was like even. like that Bruce Almighty scene. What, what, what comes after slur. Like, he was, was, he was past slur in his words. And he's like, Jordan, are you fucking high? Uh, but Jordan's already, like, on another plane of existence. And then you hear, like, the narration say, like, I skipped the tingle phase and went straight to the drool phase. Matter of fact, I discover a whole new phase, the cerebral palsy phase. And he's, like, just <laughs> on the ground, like, <laughs> convulsing. God damn it. Yeah, then, then Jordan literally drags himself. This is another iconic scene. He oh. drags himself to his Lamborghini. And I didn't even realize that, like, when the, the, the camera changes positions, the amount of steps would change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, when it was at the bottom of the steps, it was, like, 20 steps. It, it's, like, five steps it's for only real. five steps. Yeah. Whenever we see it from his perspective, it's, like, just, like, 20, 30. Like. <laughs> so, he drags himself into the Lamborghini, and as soon as he gets in, the phone's ringing, and it's he manages to answer the phone, and it's his wife, uh, and she's, like, Donnie's... Yeah, the, Donnie's on the other on the other line on the phone, and he's talking to and he's talking to Switzerland, but he's fucked up and he's he's, going, he's crazy and like he's trying. Jordan's trying to say get him off the phone, but the Quaaludes hitting. Get <laughs> off the phone. I'm on the phone. <laughs> Jonah Hill always has to play the guy who fucks everything up. <laughs> hey, new uh characterization we got one for leo and now we got one for uh <laughs> leo's the uh the guy who always trying to get away with some shit mm-hmm. yeah. oh you know what this is like the more fucked up version of catch me if you can right Just <laughs> <fraud>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, he's a lot more of a a jerk to the uh fbi agent right and flight attendants mm-hmm. <laughs> they wouldn't have made tom hanks go through this no. Oh, man. But yeah, so he drives home extremely slow. And as a viewer, we see him get there. Uh, and Leonardo's der- narration says that by some miracle, made it there without a, a single <laughs> scratch on the car. 
So he gets in the I house agree. and uh, Naomi's snapping on him because he's high and Donnie's high and Jordan's slurring trying to tell him to get off the phone and then they start having this slow motion fight because they're both fucking high <laughs> and he's trying to like, he's like tangling the phone cord and shit. <laughs> I can't imagine having to be completely sober while these two people flip out. I mean, this whole thing is just so fucking... Like, the stakes are super high. Yes. But it's so fucking stupid. Uh, Yeah, I couldn't keep it together. So then Jonah, like, pulls away from him, and he stands up, and he just shoves, like, some bread in his mouth. It was ham. It was ham? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, they had, like, a charcuterie board or something. He shoves ham in his mouth. Just and random lunch <laughs> starts fucking choking because he's too goddamn high to chew, right? <laughs> uh, I don't want to say I know where Jordan was coming from, but there was that look in his eyes for a minute where it was yeah, like, where he was just like, let, let I'm supposed, I'm supposed to like you know get my get my friend off the floor, keep him from dying here, but uh, yeah, he thought a he lot thought about of problems would get fixed. He was really looking at like, mm. she's <laughs> like, then, what are you doing? She was like, he's got Jordan doing something. He's got fucking children. <laughs> he's like, and then that's when he sees the TV and it's Popeye. Uh, Popeye the Sailor <sighs> Man. He, he eats the mm-hmm. spinach. And so Jordan's like, he's high as shit, but that gave him the idea of like, oh, I need my spinach. So he's what does he do? <laughs> he pulls open a drawer, pulls out the first aid kit, and in the first aid kit, oh, because you know, you know, first aid, he's choking. What's <sighs> he get? A vial of cocaine, nope. and he snorts the shit. <laughs> he jumps nah. up. He literally can stand up straight now. <laughs> and he goes and he starts pounding on uh, Donnie's chest, and then eventually he coughs up the ham right in his fucking face. Gross. <laughs> yeah. like, he even tries gross. to give him mouth so to mouth at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just blowing that further in. Right. <laughs> right? That's not how that works. You just trying everything. I I get it. So he saved Donnie's life and then he immediately blacks out on a couch. And then <sighs> he gets woken up by the cops. And turns out he didn't make it home without getting a scratch on the car. This was hilarious. Man, the way that Lamborghini was fucked up. It folded oh up. I think I about died in the theater when uh when we cut back to what really happened. It's just Ugh. If you didn't drive the car. <laughs> He hits. He hits everything. Yes, he hits literally everything. As soon as two it, golf carts, five other cars. Every as soon side. as it backed up the first time, like he was, he like re remembering it the way it really happened. When it backs up, I was like, "Oh my god, this is about to be ridiculous!" Because he just smashes into the car behind him. Every everything that wasn't like nailed down, he hit. I mean, even stuff that he hit a mailbox. <laughs> but yeah, so. The cops took him in for questioning, but they couldn't prove that he drove the cop. Man, he paid him off. Somebody paid him off. No, this is basic rich people shit. You know, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Da da da. You know the way things are supposed to work. I mean, he did but, say they couldn't technically prove I drove the car, so we just kind of let things go. AKA, oh, what if there was something in your hand to make you stop thinking about the ticket yep. in your other hand? Yep. Yeah. Okay. He even paid the cops off at another part in the movie. When they yeah, uh, just straight up paid him off. Yeah, didn't he pay him? Did he, did he practically pay him to beat up the the poor gay guy? Yeah, he he said that he gave him a thousand each to overlook that they beat him up, and then they said, <sighs> and then the cops beat him up. I kind of thought that was just random homophobia, but yeah, yeah, that was that was very much 
uh, the mid '80s homophobia. Yeah, he that paid, was, that he was paid in there. them to overlook that he beat him up, and then they then they beat him up probably because they were homophobic. When like, you guys. just walked across the office and decked him in the face, though, that was like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and then we we glossed over Jonah's whole part in that um, scene where he's probably by, but can't admit it. So like, he's like, he's at the gay club. Oh, he's like, yeah, my cousin's gay. Right. Hmm. And then, like the other guys are, uh, I think the butler said that he's seen him at the, seen him whatever at the club. club. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know, I just get fucked up and I do shit. Uh huh. Everyone's looking at him like, hmm. all right. It's I great though because that's like the the third time in the movie where he just says some wild stuff just casually. Yeah, I mean, but that's also his thing. He's like, that's no, how he's I'm... he's good in this movie. He really is. So yeah, so we learned that Brad got three months. Uh, for contempt because he wouldn't rat out Donnie. That's a bro. And Jordan dad convinces him to leave Stratton to try and keep him out of the prison by working out a deal with the FEC or whatever. And, but this asshole changed his mind while giving his goodbye speech. And if he had left then the FBI probably wouldn't have been able to like prosecute him further or something like that. But cause Jordan, uh, stayed, they can, they can move forward and easily like, go after him. Just yeah. not smart. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been worth it, but, Yep. But hey, pride goes before the fall, right? Yeah. Like he literally, like you see the change happen. Like he's about to say goodbye and he's really sad. And he's like, but that would be giving up. And I'm not going to give up. I'm not leaving. <sighs> oh, man. The story with the, uh, I forget her, Kimmy, whatever the, mm-hmm. the lady. Yeah. Um, that part actually, uh, I thought was pretty affecting, you know. Yeah, but she got arrested too in the end, so. Surely, yeah, you know, he up she was thousand dollars and helped change her whole life and you know turn her into an absolute monster like he was. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> until you realize like the implication of what it is they do, you know. Yes. But yeah, oh so uh, Stratton brokers were getting subpoenaed left and right, but nobody cracked. That shit was funny. Mm. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. You gonna eat that? No, I don't remember. <laughs> Then Jordan and Donnie took their wives on a yacht to Italy <laughs> to, to shadow run the company uh, from there. Then they learned that uh, Steve Madden was unloading shares once he learned that Jordan was in some legal trouble. And that's because even though Jordan owned 85% of the shares for the Steve Madden company, they were all in Madden's name. So he was able to do that. So he was like losing his fucking mind on this yacht. Then immediately after this, Naomi comes back crying, and she tells him that her Aunt Emma died of a heart attack, but she was the rat hole that he was using to hide the money in Switzerland. Like, the account was under her name. <sighs> so he calls up the banker, uh, Jean-Jacques or whatever, and uh, he tells him, if you can get here in a day, we can, like, get somebody to forge her signature and whatever and put it in your name so that money isn't lost forever or lost from you. Yeah, uh, yeah, twenty million. That's significant. Yeah, so Jordan starts snapping and was like, "We got to get to Switzerland." And like Naomi's like, "Well, don't we got to go to London?" You know, my aunt just died. He was like, "Look, nobody loved your aunt in this world more than me. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get to Switzerland right now." Sure, buddy, Captain Ted. Captain Ted. Honey, your aunt will still be dead when we get there. No, yeah. That was like (laughs) simultaneously like, I get it, but damn rude. Man, look. So Captain Ted tried to tell him 
We get a cameo from uh, I forgot that dude's name, but you. Oh, Shea Wiggum. Yeah, yeah, Shea Wiggum. I had to look him up too. As Captain Ted, and he tries to tell him like we we get because he wants to go to Monaco, and from Monaco they can get to Switzerland fast. But he's like, I don't know if we can sail that fast. You know, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. Importantly, without punching a passport. Yeah, and he was like, Well, what what's the worst that could happen? He's like, "Mm, Maybe we lose some dishes. And like yeah. he, he definitely Back wasn't on board with this, but he was like, "This isn't a good idea." But he doesn't want to tell boss no kind of deal. That definitely where we is where he was at on this. Yeah, because he knew exactly what this meant when he said "freaking batting the hashes," man. Uh, so yeah, so they get underway. Next scene is just the boat in a storm, <laughs> mm. just completely getting ravaged and like they're in the the i was about to say the cockpit what's the <laughs> what's the, uh the bridge wheelhouse bridge okay <laughs> he's trying captain Ted's trying to steer the, the yacht margot robbie's like holding on the railing and he and jordan's holding on to her and jonah hill's on the other side like he's dying too he's like can we turn around no we can't turn around because then we'll be uh was it capsized or something? Yeah. Broadsided? The, the water broadside yeah. the boat and it would capsize. Yeah, they have to head into the wind. Because if they turn at all, then that'll knock the ship over. I started whistling Titanic bad because I was like, <laughs> that's where we're at. Never go on the open ocean on a vessel with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, a little mm, bit. Just- that's funny. You end up on um, an island at least. <laughs> so then the ship capsizes in the storm anyway. <laughs> um, and they get rescued. But, but through all this, through the wind and the waves, what's the one thing on his mind? Oh, yeah. He said, I don't want to fucking die sober. Jordan. Where are the or, fucking quaaludes. Uh, like, not Jordan. Uh, Jordan's like, I don't want to fucking die sober. Donnie, what, get the quaaludes. And like Donnie goes down uh, below deck to go get them. And like the fucking it, the ship is taking on water. <laughs> it's bad. It's yeah, bad. Nothing's good sir. is going on. Priorities. Yeah. Like, I think there was, I know, I couldn't tell if there was water in the bag or not. I think there was water in the bag. And he still brought it back, and like mm-hmm. he, he was, he was able to like get one that and throw it into his mouth or some shit. My God, then where the was the baby's wife? Oh, Donnie's wife, or below, probably what with the kids. The, I don't know. No, yeah, we didn't actually see was, the kids, did we? No, we never. We never the see kids anybody's kids but his and just the little girls. But mm. they're not even on the ship. Yeah, for that we don't part see now. the. We don't see the ship. Or we don't see the kids on the ship. That's right. But yeah, so I guess she's below deck. Anyway, um, where it's filling with water. Anyway, yeah, doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, so they get rescued, and everybody's like celebrating. They're all happy, and Jordan's sitting there looking out the window, and he sees a plane, a private plane flying, and just explodes. And he's like, "Did y'all?" And the, this is the narration talking. He's like, "Did y'all fucking see that? That that, that, that plane just yeah, exploded. Talked. That was the plane." That I called to pick us up. <laughs> three people died. I said three people died on that plane. A fucking seagull flew into the engine. <laughs> and like, it was just, uh, I'm not going to say it was casual, but like, it just like fucking No happened. one notices. No one notices just, except for him. And he, anyway. You almost aren't sure it happened. Yeah. Because he's, he's still high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's still high. That's a That's very right. good point. <laughs> he's like, Did y'all see that? But yeah, so he took this as a sign from God. 
Uh, so he sobers up over the next two years. And then he also starts doing like finance seminars and that and becomes a TV personality. And like that's when we see him doing the infomercial that we we're talking about in the beginning of the episode. Oh, uh, I I remember these infomercials too from a kid. Good God! And I remember so much TV from back then. I don't remember those. Oh, uh, YouTube. Which were you watching? Done? I don't know. Uh, I, I watched Nickelodeon. I didn't have so. cable. That's why. That see that. There's the line. Uh, there's there the line. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, two years after the yacht sank, the Swiss banker uh, Sorel gets arrested on U.S. soil with a rug rat. And (laughs) we hear the narration, what are the fucking odds? There are 10,000 Swiss bankers in Geneva, and rug rat gets the one dumb enough to get himself arrested on U.S. soil. That's pretty fucking dumb. (laughs) Like, not... Uh, it's just the last place you fucking go, right? Yeah, you just don't need to be there. Why you would you even you need are, to be there? You doing shady shit with Americans? Why are you going to America? <laughs> and he was he was wasn't even doing business. They were like out eating, celebrating in Miami or some shit. And apparently, so the the banker got busted for some drug money laundering scandal involving the owner of Benihana Hibachi restaurants. So some shit that wasn't even Jordan shit. Yep. <laughs> and since uh, evidence against him is overwhelming. Uh, Jordan agrees to gather evidence on his colleagues in exchange for leniency because, of course, the lawyer fucking snitched on him to try and lessen his shit. So now they got Jordan wearing wire. Oh, and he was fucking Brad's wife the whole time. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh, God, yeah. right. <laughs> I think at this point, Brad's dead, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He when he yeah. decided to get out, he died about three years later. Yeah, with the dude from a heart attack. So at thirty five, same age as Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dude. So then we get the scene like Jordan and Naomi are having sex. And uh if that's what you want to call it, because it wasn't mm. really uh, he, she wasn't that, really trying to sleep with them. That was and, pretty borderline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And but as soon as he finishes, she tells him that's the last time. Uh she doesn't love him anymore and she wants a divorce and custody the kids. Fair. And if that scene wasn't harsh. Jordan snaps on her, and she slaps him, and then he slaps her, and then he goes off to, like, another room, and he rips open a couch cushion and pulls out a bag of cocaine. Because that's how you do when you are an abuser, mm-hmm. and you get off the stuff. You still hide some to find yeah. later. You know, you he knew that bag. He was sober for two fucking years, and he it's knew that bag of cocaine was in that couch cushion yep. the whole fucking time. But yeah, so he starts snorting it. Then Naomi comes back and she insults him because he's like, look at you, you pathetic. Look at you. And then he gets up and he punches her in the stomach. And then he runs and pulls their daughter out of bed and puts her in the car. And like Naomi catches up and like she smashes the driver's side window. And Jordan reverses through the garage, the closing garage door. And he crashes into like a brick post in, in the driveway. And like he put the seatbelt on his daughter. But he didn't put the seatbelt on, so he, like, cracks his head off the steering wheel. And, like, Naomi runs and pulls the daughter out the car, and she just leaves him there with his head bleeding. So, that was rough. Yeah, absolutely too rough. If, I mean, for some reason, you are one of those people who can watch a movie like this and think that it's literally glorifying these people. Um, yeah. This is the point where you should be saying to yourself, oh, he's a bad guy. See, my theory is like, it's like the galaxy meme, right? Like, they only get to the first level, and it's like, oh, this is bad. Like, usually I see this argument with Scott Pilgrim, where they're like, Scott's a bad person. And then we're like, 
yeah, yeah the, the movie point. makes it a point it's, for you to know that he's a bad person 10 and, minutes in you should have been on board yeah, for that. like and they're like they, they try to make the argument that it's making you fall in love with a bad person it's like nah we, it's pretty clear i feel like that, you weren't watching this movie they're, they're, they're like, they're like the opening narration isn't like this is scott pilgrim he's dating a high schooler and everyone's cool with it like yeah. it's <laughs> look it's brought up as like yeah there's something wrong with yeah, it's it's like, literally what the movie's about is he's a shitty person and he has to learn to be better the comics like, lay it out so thick and there's all these dudes who are like I go, I'm gonna get a ringer t-shirt and some wrist cuffs. And I'm gonna model. Mm, you're not gonna model yourself after this. Why are you? What are you doing? I think 500 days of summer is is about me. Whoa, whoa, buddy. Look, he. The you good? Part of that movie is he was wrong too. Like, yeah, like are you good, buddy? <laughs> but I knew, I know too many. I knew, I know too many non-melanated uh, folks who were like. Yeah, like uh, that's like me. I went through. Th- no, you did not go through that. If you did, we need to stop talking right now. <laughs> no, you. No, you do. You know, you didn't. Mm. That woman can sleep with whoever you want. She wants. Y'all were not really dating, and you yeah. know it. Look, but yeah, like that drives me fucking crazy because it's like the galaxy brain meme thing. They only they're the first level. Mm-hmm. You got to keep going, like go deeper. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, they showed you. You showed you him doing bad things, and that's where you stop. Right, but the movie isn't big like showing you that it, it, it's literally a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Like it shows you him doing this wash shit, and then it also shows you the consequences because you're not right. supposed to be doing wash shit. Man, anyway, yeah. So it all comes crashing down for Jordan. Uh, next, we see the FBI putting a wire on Jordan. He had given him a list of everybody he did crooked shit with, and the first person he had to incriminate was Donnie. So he goes into the office and he had lunch with them in in Donnie's office. And he slips in a note saying that he has a wire on. Don't don't incriminate yourself, man. So, but look, these stupid, stupid motherfuckers. Oh my god, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Nobody destroys the note. Like you see him slide it to Donnie, put a napkin on top of it. Donnie puts the napkin back on it, slides it back. But nobody destroyed the note. So, and that's yeah. how the FBI mm-hmm. finds out, and they go ahead and arrest Jordan. And then they raid the Stratton office and they they had like, you know, he had a list. Uh, so he went and arrested all of the brokers that like he'd given tips to everybody. All the major players. Yeah. And then. Uh, including Kimmy. Yeah, including Kimmy. Including Kimmy. <laughs> but of course, he gave everyone away and that like got his sentence reduced to three years in a minimum security prison in Nevada. Three years. He'd been scamming for seven years at least, right? Yeah. Three years in a minimum security prison, and he got out after 22 months. And after that, uh, he made a living uh, doing seminars, teaching people how to sell stuff, traveling around the world. No, I mean, he straight up said it. He goes, you know, at first I was thinking, this would be the worst thing in my life. And then I remembered, I'm rich. (laughs) It's like that scene in Boondocks where, like, the black guy's like, Mother, like he uh, bumps into the white guy. He's like, motherfucker, I'm about to pick, kick your ass. And the white guy goes, wait a minute. I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks away. He's like, away. He's like, I'm rich. It's not going to be that bad. The <laughs> tennis court in the prison. Yeah, they had a tennis. He was playing freaking badminton. Like- I went, my, one of my brothers was in prison. I went there. They have no tennis court. They had a creepy white dude who like 
looked at me and made me scared to go to prison forever. I, every time I think of doing something illegal, I see this skinny white man who looked like he could pull his bones out and use as a use as a knife. Oh, yes. You got no, he was terrified. Of proxy. Yeah, that's what I call it. Club Fed, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the movie. That is well. Did you say the last scene? Yeah, this is doing the seminar. Oh yeah, the yeah. stumbling the spin. Yeah. Oh, did we even, we even talk about that from earlier? Oh yeah, yeah. that there was a callback to earlier in the movie, and it's such a simple answer that like it's funny to hear people mess it up. Like, I take this pen, sell me this pen, and people just start talking up the pen. But it's like that's so superfluous. Yeah. Like, hey, write your name now. Oh, you can't. Oh, you can't. Supply. How about man. you buy this pen? <laughs> then you can write your name. It's like I just put take the pen. Oh, thank you. No, I, I need that. Oh, you you do. <laughs> <laughs> how much is worth it um <laughs> yes yeah what's uh what was your say, favorite aspect of the movie i guess the perf- the central performance from uh from dicaprio is everything in this movie he does a lot of physical comedy in this like he does things with his body that weird dance he does i think oh, at yeah, his wedding reception yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he just starts doing. I really want to know the story behind that. Popping and locking, it was like Bruh. right. Yeah, it wasn't even. There was no. There was no locking. He was just like, I ain't got no it, bones. Yeah, it was all. <laughs> it was all pop. <laughs> He's doing things in this movie physically that are approaching like a Jim Carrey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can like, see I'm that. Not, I, I won't say he's quite Jim Carrey level. But it's approaching what he can do with his body. But also, Jim Carrey, I can't see pulling off the other aspects of this character. I don't know who else in 2013 could have pulled this off. Uh, if and, you give me some time, I could tell you. Um, I mean, I always forget his name, and you guys will probably dispute. You probably you're well you're welcome to argue. The guy that played Ant Man, Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Paul Rudd. No. There's these times when Paul Rudd starts playing serious where it's like, oh, oh, he shit. He used to be a serious Wait. actor. But well, Paul like, Rudd's too likable. Well, I think that's what pulls you into this guy, too, though. Like, you don't want to hate this guy at first, but then it's yeah. really poured onto you. You have to. I think but Paul I Rudd could, could, I mean. It wouldn't be the same thing. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same, but he could. I think he could do it and us not be like, oh, you suck. There's a, I'm watching mm. this show, Only Murders in the Building. It's the mm. third season. Paul Rudd's in it without giving too much away. At some point, like he he's not just being goofy, stupid Paul Rudd, and it's like, what am I crying about? You son of a bitch! Mm-hmm. And it's I think he's got like a lot of I think he's got a lot of Paul Rudd still in the can that, that a lot of people don't know about. All right, I mean y'all y'all heard it here. Paul Rudd, Oscar caliber dramatic actor if he ever he, feels uh, like it he's like john c Riley. like he was a dramatic actor and yeah. then he did some funny stuff and then people only remembers the funny stuff mm-hmm. i mean he's been famous for funny stuff for 30 years so but he I was think. just in clueless last year <laughs> <laughs> i'll be that star guy of 106 <laughs> films god damn Jeez. well star anyway um <laughs> There was something else I was going to say. We already those. passed two hours. Remember that. <laughs> uh, continue. Then. Oh, um, shoot. Uh, dovetailing into what you're saying, Leo's narration just holds everything together. Yeah. Uh, I, I can almost imagine they thought about doing this without doing a lot of narration. It wouldn't work. 
it would be a harder watch without him. Scorsese. Does he always do narration? I don't know. He does a lot. It's kind of part of one of his things. Yeah, I guess there is that. There is that kind of. Yeah. He didn't do it in um, the last two movies we watched. He doesn't always do it. But yeah. again, this is white collar Goodfellas. Mm. I, I could see somebody trying to do this movie without it. It would fall apart. It's the only thing that stitches the movie together throughout all these various cuts and oh, yeah, weird jumps just, in time. It, it goes mm. super fast. Uh, sorry, y'all sent me down the Paul Rudd hole. <laughs> Get out! Get uh, out yeah, of there! You, you did that. You, get out of there! He was in Romeo and Juliet. Jesus, Christ. what are you doing? Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me go back. Uh, we have to go back. Definitely the comedy for me, though. That's my favorite aspect. It's like it, now that I'm not hating it anymore, just the jokes. Like I was so like the dialogue, especially Donnie. Like just the, the, those two idiots together, which they are. They're just two there fucking so boneheads. Smoke crack with me. <laughs> I want to show you something. I got I a surprise for you. I called him the N word. Yeah, he was really upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, favorite scene: the Quaaludes. The which one? The the you, you oh, know it. The slow the, motion the country play. club. That whole part. Oh yeah, the whole damn. <laughs> hey, what are you fucking saying, Jordan? I can't. Are you fucking high, Jordan? <laughs> get off the wall get off the... uh mine was uh mine was the aftermath of the boat crash just him sitting there like really just soaking in how like man everybody's over there partying but the plane, nobody saw the plane blow did, up but me did y'all just fucking see it the, the way that it was presented too was just like damn um yeah. what the fuck because yeah, he was just sitting there like narrating talking Taking it all Holy in, like shit, you said. You guys see that plane and then the plane ball? explodes, and he's like, <laughs> and he he's keeps talking after the plane explodes, and he doesn't. And re- then he cuts back. He's like, "Wait, did y'all see that?" He doesn't say to anyone in the room, "Oh my god, the plane." He doesn't like, say just, to anybody else. He's just like, mm-hmm. "Wait, just he, a private the, moment." That's the plane. Like, as, he's, he's being a bro. He's not like bringing the party down. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were supposed to get a plane to come get us. Must have been late. <laughs> oh man. I'll call another one. <laughs> what you from? Uh, okay. I think it was the plane scene. That sh- like just just for that that conversation. Like I I didn't remember it at all. So I was extra weak. Like I didn't know it was coming. I, Everything I, was so dour and fucked up. These people are over here dancing it off, trying to like not think about how bad shit was. Oh, no, 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 no. The 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 uh, you called the Captain Edward scene. Oh, that scene. Yes, good God. Because uh, it just the conversation, like, and like just the way Donnie's just like, yeah, you you called him Edward. Yeah, he was really upset. <laughs> I th- I think you might have a drug problem. <laughs> <sighs> um, I don't think we ever actually said that. His father's played by Rob Reiner. We brought him up earlier. Mm-hmm. Just one, I pulled up his filmography. These are all back to back. Stand by me. The Princess Bride. When Harry Met Sally. Misery. A Few Good Men. Name a director with five classics back to back to back like that. You could. I mean, you could. I'm but they're few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> few and far between. Uh, 
But consistent. There's only a handful with that kind of consistency over there. Yeah, right? consistent classics. Not yeah. like, not like, oh, like people like argue certain Scorsese movies are good, but not like classics. With him, like if you said, like The Princess Bride, you're gonna have five people in the in the the place like say a line. Hello, yeah. lady. You know they're gonna give you a line from Princess Bride. So, yeah, he's definitely up there as far as, like, really good American directors. Put some respect on his name. That's all I'm saying. All right. Mm. Well, now that I know who he is, I will. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, I'm going to just get to my favorite one. Go ahead. Favorite character, what character are you? Uh, it's probably weird, but Kristen Milotti, uh, well, what, what, I can't. What was what was his my his wife's name? Um, shit, Teresa. Teresa. I really think that she tried so hard. <laughs> She's not in enough of the movie to like be like important for some people, but I thought she was good. Um, which character am I? Not Donnie. Um, <laughs> you don't smoke crack. Good job. No. Um, phosphorescent is that a real word because yeah yeah okay google um, google uh tried to tell me it wasn't probably I, i'm probably if, if you take out all the drug doing i'm probably chester that's uh chester ming the guy that was eating all the time yeah the the dude who just walked across the room and punched dude right in the nose <laughs> yeah it's like let's get this done right. <laughs> oh man favorite character man these people are all insane. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Mad Max. Uh, like his first introduction scene is hilarious. And, you know, just being the voice of reason. And then Donnie's just Ooh. always fucking with him. Donnie was fucking with him. And I wanted him to be the one who hits him. But at least he got hit. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the important thing. Um, I would be either him or uh, Silicon Valley, bro, who got kicked out. For Clean the fishbowl? Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of these guys. I'm not one of these guys either. I, I think I might have to copy your answer because I was trying to think. I was like, the only person, the closest person I identify with in this whole movie is Silicon Valley cleaning the fishbowl. Because like again, again, it's a situation where it's like, he, like I'm the dude who had the plan at work. Yeah, I used like to yell at people for like trying to like trying to water my plan. It's like, no, don't water it. No, you'll overwater it. I got it. It was like he got his shit done and was like, I'm gonna clean up my fish tank right quick. And they were like, Really? Now today? today? It's fucking IPO day. And he ate his fish and fired him. Like, I bro. would sue him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Favorite character is Jordan. It's an amazing character. Ooh. I got it. <laughs> my favorite character is Donnie. I mean, both are they're they're like two two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Actually, the same side of a coin, actually. But. <laughs> that coin only flips one way. <laughs> it's like a it's a slug. You cannot get tails on that. But coin. just the shit that he would say, and just as if like he he had to be special. Like he knew it's the fucking crack. Like yes, he would just say without thinking how he sounded. Just <sighs> just no filter. Because it's funny to watch. And that's not why I like him, but it's because it's funny to watch. Funny to laugh at. He is his own children's uncle. <laughs> if I had to give wow. a different answer for who I am, that's funny. <laughs> it clicked. Other than Fishbowl Dude, um, 
I don't know. They no nobody in this movie. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe John Favreau, who's like, yeah, this is the way this shit works, and uh, <laughs> you gonna do it? Or you gonna do it? I don't know. Uh, shit, I'm Captain Ted. Trying to think of some of the earlier people, but yeah, I'm I, I'm still I'm still stuck on the guy who nonchalantly just makes sure he has food. <laughs> Yeah, so, dang, that's our Scorsese miniseries. I'm still bummed I didn't get to do Silence, but it's also, <laughs> a, also a Leo miniseries. And to be fair, no one's going to listen to a Silence podcast. Yeah, that's another thing. Ain't nobody see that movie but me. And hardcore you could just cinephiles. Do, you could just do a pod, uh, like an episode of the podcast. So like, this is the podcast for Silence. And then you don't speak for and eight don't minutes. say anything. On today's episode is Martin Scorsese's Silence. And see how long people wait until they go, damn it. You ruined it. You ruined it. They just go, damn it. Like, what? Are you serious? Like, mm-hmm. 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 Uh, well, yeah, oh, the, uh, oh, the real MVP of the movie. Oh, oh yeah. Quail- Quaaludes? Quaaludes. <laughs> Shout out to Quaaludes. <laughs> Lemons. Quaaludes we missed. Disco biscuits. <laughs> Mandrakes. <laughs> He said, he said, no, he takes him for his back. <laughs> and then, like, knowing what I know about Bill Cosby, it's, it's like, damn, bro. But he, they, they explained Quaaludes two times in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I guess uh, his first wife, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's hard for her to be the MVP because no one listens to her and then she fucks off, like, before that, okay. I don't even but know if they if had kids. She didn't kids tell at the time. him find that 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 job in the paper because he didn't even want to hear it. She's like, "See, what does that say? Stockbroker." Yeah, we wouldn't have the rest of the movie, which means we wouldn't have him being as terrible a person. So, really, everything's her fault. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, a canon no. event. Oh no! God damn it! <laughs> no, everything's Matthew McConaughey's fault. Uh, all right final thoughts and ratings i'm gonna just say it would be hard for me to recommend this movie to a lot of the people that i know that weren't i think i said this before like if you're not into watching movies movies um, it is a three-hour experience but I will probably like, hey, do you did I know it's going back to my uh, nearly shade. Like, did you did you like any of those Standler movies with him and his crew just acting a fool? Like, you want to watch that on ten? Only people who really enjoyed this watch outside that on of like movie people are just it's on a creeper tip for like Margot Robbie. I could see that, or just I like, mean, it, they just it, like it, seeing boobs in movies. It is it like, is peak twenty year old white dude movie. Yeah, it is like their 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 whole deal. Like they watch Five Hundred Days of Summer, and then they watch this, and they think they can run anything. <laughs> All right, Jamil. I think this is a good, even though I have only watched this movie twice in ten years. I think it's a good hangout movie. I think you can put this on. You can ignore it, especially if you've seen it once or twice. Like, oh, you wild! You know, I come over, we hanging out. I look up at the TV, and and Leonardo DiCaprio has a candle in his ass. <laughs> Yeah, put it onto the background Wolfie, at the con. Wolfie, Wolfie, <laughs> fuck your safe word. 
Um, <sighs> smoke some crack with me. <laughs> Come on. All right, one hit. <laughs> because I think it's really solid, but like I said, a bit one note through a lot of it. Mm. Uh, four out of five for me. It's great, but uh, it's not Scorsese's best. But I think it is the best performance from DiCaprio. I think this is what he should have won his Oscar for. Okay, that's fair. They should have added a bear to this. <laughs> if he had got, if he had snorted cocaine and fought a bear, <laughs> five out of five. Great <laughs> yeah, like I said, I did not like this movie the first time I saw it. It was it was an onslaught. It was overwhelming. I don't like weak. I felt I guess so. Like it was it was too much, man. And this time, now that I know what I was getting into, like and I had my mind right, like I could just sit back and just laugh. Like it is funny shit. And I was thinking about it. This also came out in twenty thirteen and it's a very similar movie. You could do a double feature if you wanted to spend fucking six hours of your day. Um, this and Pain and Gain, which is the same deal. Uh, Michael Bay's Pain and Gain, which is like based on a true story about, I forgot what they did, but they, they got into business doing some shady shit and, or maybe they stole money. I can't remember, but I ended, they ended up like kidnapping the dude who like founded Schlotzkys or something. And it just kept getting worse and worse because they were just making bad decision after bad decision. Uh, but think, it was yeah, played for I've jokes. definitely not seen that. Oh, hmm. uh, I can see if I could find it. If it's streaming anywhere, we can go through it uh, at some point, but it's a, uh, same thing. It, it's it's even funnier because it has the rock in it, and when he does that kind of comedy, is like to me that is peak rock. Is either when he's so charismatic and he's just an asshole like Hobbs, or he's that character where he's funny and stupid. Like that's that's him at his best to me. But yeah, like it was so fucking funny. This is the better movie between the two, but they, there's mm. a lot of parallels between them, right. is what I just realized. If you try to put a Michael Bay movie over Scorsese, I think I'd have to fight you. Look, see, see stuff like that is just... I just I'm just saying, like, I you, think the you, internet you just would gave call two, on me to do that. The world is full of nuance. Like, you just can't just say this static statement and this static statement and, yeah, and say rule out anything. You could put there. I guarantee you, there's a Scorsese movie that's better than a good Michael Bay movie. I guarantee you. I mean, worse. I uh, yeah. Worse, sir. Worse, sir. sir. I, I promise you. I'll like, look into it. I, I I promise you, there's some Scorsese movie that we'll, even we'll, you probably we'll, we'll don't find the with. worst Scorsese and, then and the best Michael Bay. You can take and then the they could do a movie Bay. to they do a movie together Let's with the Transformers do cocaine. I think oh, Scorsese would stab michael bay if they've met in person i think they have met in person and he um, didn't stab him there was probably people in between them. i think scorsese wants christopher nolan to do every movie from the rest until the end of time but not about comic books unfortunately he already has done that and yeah. scorsese somehow forgot <laughs> it's funny because it's just I'm actually on the comic book people's side when it comes to like the Scorsese versus Marvel Wars or whatever. And I feel a little dirty for it, but I hate elitism. He makes a lot of weird arguments. It, I so understand it's, it's, where he's coming yeah. from, but it's 100% like elitism gatekeeping. 
yeah. and slash fear. There's also a hint of fear. Oh, that's a good People are point. going to see these movies that are formulaic and, you know, yada, Easy yada. to understand. Yeah, versus, you know, true art. Like, yeah. the art is draining out of them. I get it. I get where he's coming from. But at the same time, like, there's a reason why there's a general audience and then there's critics. There's a reason, like, people who watch movies for art aren't always the people who watch movies for entertainment. Yeah. So why, what are we doing here? Like, why complain? Like, didn't he compare those movies to, like, a theme park ride, like a roller coaster ride or something like that? People love like, roller coasters. I'm saying, like, that's... What, what are, me, that's, what, are that's, his, that's, what are his movies? A ride saying, in a limousine? I'm saying that's that's not I mean, saying, saying like they're not I mean, valid. Yes, but he also said it in a way that's like okay, the did first, he say it in that way or did we interpret it in that way? See, I was on the side like, that we interpreted it that way, but then he said some shit again, and I was like, all right, now I now like I can't defend you again. <laughs> he has he, doubled. He down, just did it. Yeah, he he doubled down. So I can't. Yeah. It was I mean, like yeah. watching superhero movies makes me not fuck good. Yeah. And everybody's like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? Why are you bring that up? He goes, I, I I didn't I didn't. That's how you interpreted it. Uh what are, what are we at? My ratings? Am I fine? Uh, we're still doing my final thoughts. I'm just final thoughts, final thoughts. Uh yeah, so hated it, uh loved it this time. And it's fair. I think I gave this a six or some shit. Which means it's fine. Six isn't but, in the basement. That's yeah. That's all but right. At the same time, it was like I'm gonna just give it a six because I understand that you know cool things were done or done, and it was neat things were done. But I didn't like it. But I'm gonna give it a six because it's still a decent like like I saw the effort. I just didn't like it kind of deal. But yeah, I genuinely liked that it was this your time. Old rating? Yeah, my old rating. Okay, my new rating, strong seven point five, maybe eight. I, I might bump it up to an eight, which would be maybe if movie. maybe it's an eight if you're on Quaaludes. Yeah, if I'm on, <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> we'll They're be, all gone. They're all gone. Because no uh, <laughs> they used them all in this movie. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, damn, they got whatever was left. Look, <laughs> wait, that was a bit of trivia I learned too, real quick. Uh, oh, it was vitamin D, I guess, is what they were snorting. Uh, it's in the <sighs> cocaine. Jonah Hill actually was hospitalized for how much vitamin D we don't even see him snort as much as Jordan as as much as Leo true I guess he went in god damn it Leo's better actor that's method (laughs) what happens if you take too much vitamin D I don't know I didn't I didn't know you could overdose on a vitamin I knew you. Could oh, you but, definitely can get yeah. more of something than your body can use. Yeah. It, what what the effect of it is? Out. What the, whatever the effect is, I'm not always sure of. But like vitamin D, your body processes more of it naturally when you're out in the sun, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you? I mean, we sunburn. <laughs> I don't funny. know. That's <laughs> odd. That's an odd one. I have to look into that. His nostrils got sunburn. <laughs> but yeah, seven point five eight somewhere in there. I would uh definitely buy this DVD. I'd buy the Criterion on at the Criterion sale. Are you looking to see if you have this DVD? I am. I have <laughs> to fix that. But yeah, it redeemed itself, or maybe I redeemed myself. I don't know. I think yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the movie, guys. Plugs. Um, me same as normal. D and D sluggers. We'll just. 
we'll, we'll run it fast. DD Sluggers anywhere you're looking. And if you're uh, also interested in uh, seeing the new stuff that's coming out, go to the Patreon first. It's going to be there and then eventually at the YouTube. Mm. Jamel? I have a new plug because Tiffron successfully bullied me into getting a Blue Sky account. You can now find me at jrodman.bsky.social on Blue Sky. Honestly, you'll just see me posting my uh, movie grid scores. Should I do movie grid today? Still isn't uh, popping like that for me, but at least it's not full of Nazis. So, uh, hey, thumbs up. At least they're not going to ask you to take a picture that with your government ID and send it to some firm in Israel to verify your. <sighs> also, fuck Elon Musk. Yeah, he's not doing well. <laughs> uh, uh, I wish he was doing worse. Same. You can follow the podcast at. SGBK podcast on threads on Blue Sky. You can email us if you don't do social stuff at SGBK podcast at gmail.com. Follow me personally at Tifron on Letterboxd and Blue Sky. And thank you all for listening. It's been fun. Take care. I think this is episode 28. We've been doing this half a year. Right on. Oh shit. I got announced next week's episode. Let's do the alien movie. Like Alien? No, it's a it's a new alien movie that came out on Hulu. Uh, no one will save you. Yes, the one. All right, next hmm. week, no one will save you. Bye. 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 <laughs>